Hello? Hi, it's me, Gildawabbit. I'm gonna fuck your dad. Hey Divas, and welcome to Really Queer. I'm Sydney Hampton, drag queen, horror host, and the producer of Really Queer Podcast, where we discuss the queer themes, tropes, and characterizations, for better or worse, of some of our most beloved films, from masterpieces to cringy guilty pleasures. Tonight we're going to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, the tale of a lonely, plain-faced girl who suffers from the abuse of her religious zealot mother, the mean teens at her school, and her own insecurities. When I think of queer horror movies, the first to come to mind is Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, Ticked Off Teaslers with Knives, and for its own reasons, Carrie. For obvious reasons, the former two entries had made it abundantly clear that their protagonist or villain was LGBTQ, or at least hinted at it heavily. One horror film that resonates with nearly every queer horror fan is Carrie. But why do gay men in particular love Carrie? A film about menstruation and the frightening power of women's bodies? What is it that draws a queer audience to this 1976 horror camp classic? It's been over 45 years since the Stephen King adaptation was released, and since then it's been subject to many articles and discussions surrounding its queer subtext. There's the obvious bullying that Carrie is subjected to that resonates with us, of course, but queer people of all genders, colors, and sexes can identify with this psychic, beleaguered girl who was shoved in a closet by her self-made martyr mother in an effort to make her pray away her sin. And it'd be criminal to forget that we get a camp performance to rival Faye Dunaway and Mommy Dearest from Piper Laurie's performance as Carrie's batshit insane mother, Margaret White. And there is a deeply unsettling fear that hits any queer person from the Bible Belt right in the heart due to its depiction of religious oppression. Carrie is a movie I find comfort in despite all of that. Who among us didn't fantasize about getting back at our bullies by using our minds to trip them, make them explode, or destroy a gymnasium full of people laughing at us? Now, obviously, I'm a huge fan of this film, and I'm appreciative of its impact on both myself and on horror movies in general. I'm very excited to introduce you to this week's guest. Uh, she is a current contestant on Camp Wanakiki, a Louisville playmate, and she's the future that liberals want, Miss Gilda Wabbit. Hey, Gilda. Hi, how are you? I am good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. It's very nice to have you. I know we've been talking about it. Um, I've been low-key courting you for of the podcast for about, what, like two months now? Yeah, I mean, if you talk to my boyfriends, I it's a long courting process to get me on your team, so I'm grateful for your persistence. I'm grateful that you joined. Thank you. And that I didn't have to go through the long, arduous process uh, that I'm assuming uh, those two cute little fellows went through. Oh, they did. Yeah. <laughs> She's a runner. So before we run into all of the, um, the wealth that is Carrie, uh, and all of its, um, all of its discussions, tell the viewer the, nope, this is not a video podcast. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hi, hello. My name is Gilda Wabbit. I was born in Fern Creek here in Louisville, Kentucky, um, moved to New York to become an opera singer and ended up becoming a drag queen instead. Became uh, briefly internet famous for a meme called The Future Liberals Want. I remember that. Yes, I moved back here to Kentucky following my ex-husband, um, who was not my ex at the time. Got a job at play, have settled down, found two new partners, 
relevant to this film, I uh, am a practicing witch and a formerly traumatized Love. Christian. Love the first part of that. Yes. Well, I am, you know, the trauma from Christianity is what brought me there. Um, Fair. Yeah. So there's, I have, a, I have a lot to discuss about this movie, lots of thoughts and feelings. I'm glad to hear that. This is one of the, um, as you can tell from my lengthy uh, intro, this is one of the movies that I feel I connect with the most, mm-hmm. um, not just as a horror film, but as a film in general, and especially when I relate it to my upbringing as a little queer uh, in Christian school. So, yeah. What denomination were you? Um, varied. Varied? Okay. Varied. My parents kind of just went with wherever they, they felt the spirit. Um, so we would be uh, anywhere from Pentecostal, Baptist, um, non-denominational... Um, there's another one, a pasta something. So many. There's I, so, I don't know. There's yeah. so many. And so, they're so similar and so different at the same time. Um, but like my upbringing with, with my family, uh, granted, not quite Margaret White levels, mm-hmm. but uh, still traumatic nonetheless. Absolutely. Um, so this is one of those movies that I just really relate to. And whenever I talk about queer movies, I often go on a tirade about how Carrie is not the bad guy until she's I started not. reading until I started reading the book. Oh, she's the bad guy in the book? Kind of, well, she's she's more aware and in tune of her powers. I haven't finished it yet. I'm about halfway through. That's an interesting thing because I I think a lot when I was watching this film, mm-hmm. I, I thought about that and how like Carrie is certainly doing bad things. Yeah. She is harming people, but I also think and 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 honestly, I think the same with Chris, I think the same with Margaret, that like these people, none of them are villains because evil is like, what is the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. They have, they are doing harm to others because they have been hurt. You know what I mean? Margaret tells her whole story at the end. I'm like yeah. being very religious and then being put into that. And I also, I have a question which I wrote down later, but my question is, is Margaret powerful? Has she turned to religion to stifle her own powers? Because she seems accepting and aware of them when Carrie starts using yes. them. And I think that a lot about Christian people, especially in my experience with Christians, about how the most zealous are the ones who have the most quote unquote sin that they're trying to like push deep down inside mm-hmm. themselves. You know? I totally agree. And it's interesting you bring that up because I wasn't going to talk about the book too much, um, but I will in this instance. Yes. So, in the book, um, it's in uh, one of the, one of the, I don't know which chapter. Um, so the book is written where it's like the story of Carrie mm-hmm. and then it'll get interrupted by a passage from another book written about Carrie, like a fictional science journal, basically. Oh, about her powers. About her powers or Fucking articles cool. from things. It's very, it's a very interestingly written, I don't read. I love Stephen King, so I would love to read this. I'm not a reader myself. I'm an audiobook listener at most. And um, I've been, I was, I was gripped by this. I listened mm. to it at work and I was like, not me not getting anything done today. Gorilla gripped? Uh, gorilla grip bitch. <laughs> so, in the in the book, one of the science people, science people, scientists, I guess, um, are like, um, this is theorized that the gene or whatever that gives Carrie her powers, um, that you can have it, but you can't pass it on unless someone else, like you, you mate with someone else who also, who also has, has that power. So it's like the two parents. Maybe they were recessive, but the two parents both have the gene interesting yeah so it it could be that because margaret was immediately familiar with it but also i can look at it and say 
she could have done anything and Margaret would have recognized it as, as, as sin or right. the devil's power. That's the devil's well, power. And if you're it. a Christian like that, you fully believe that witchcraft is possible. Oh, absolutely. 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 And it is, baby. Yeah. We manifest things all the time. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't shut a window or break a mirror with my mind, but. Yet. Yeah. Thank Yet. you. We're working on it. We're working yeah. on it. I have mm. faith in you. Thank you. Oh, that's so kind. You're welcome. I manifest that you'll be able to break windows, uh, smash cars, destroy buildings at your, uh, within your control. Absolutely. Absolutely. Choosing whom to destroy. Exactly. So that's, that's an interesting point that you brought up. Um, I wanted to add, I've already kind of, uh, gathered this from our conversation, but I wanted to ask, since you had not seen this until today. Um, what was your, I'm assuming you already knew about Carrie from pop culture. Yes, a lot. Yeah, because how could you not? And I know the musical Carrie. Oh, see, that gives, that gives a whole other, uh... Which I want to talk about later. Yes. Because Betty Buckley is in both of them. I didn't know that. Yes, Betty Buckley, who plays the gym teacher, for those of you listening at home, played Margaret in the Broadway musical. And she is... Work. Pussy. She is so fierce. I love that. I want to show you later, if we have time, the four and a half minute sequence after Carrie comes home from school and bleeding mm-hmm. and her mom like punishes her because in the musical, it's not a closet, it's a cellar. And so it's like a trap door in the stage and Betty Buckley is like scream singing at the poor girl playing Carrie mm-hmm. and like throwing her into the cellar and like slamming the door. It's so Is fierce. this before or after um, uh, Indiva's Week? That is any of his week, but I'm thinking it, about Okay, I have not seen it. I've only heard it on Spotify. Oh, and I was like, this is, is going in my drag now. Yes. I, oh my God. We should do it one day. I'm I will be your good. Carrie. Because I sang Carrie with another drag performer who sang Margaret three Halloweens ago in New York City. It was so Is fierce. there a video? Um, I don't know. I should reach out to... Um, I should reach them and see if have a video. It was really fun. Um, it was a really good time. I'm in this, like, inappropriate outfit because in New York we don't change clothes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this red bodysuit and fishnets because I was like, it's Halloween, I'm a devil. Right. Um, but, but I'm like, no! It's so fun. I am obsessed. I want to see that so bad, but I think that they're... I think it's over now. And we're going to have to get a revival or something? Yeah, there was a revival in 2012 with Marin Maisie, May She Rest in Peace. There was also a revival on the Weston in 2015. Um, I would love for it to come back. And they redid the book for the revival because they think part of... Because the music is sickening. Oh, but yeah. I think part of why the show failed is the book was not good. Um, and the revival did, lasted much longer on Broadway, or off-Broadway, but it lasted a much longer run than the original production, which closed in like... 19 previews and like five actual shows oh wow it was over so fast yeah. i really want to see it i hope it gets i hope i get to see it one day before i die cause... let's do it here in louisville pandora could do it acting against cancer could do it drag daddy could do it let's fucking do it if you can corral the girls who can sing right that'll be fierce can we put carry on i will be i will be um i will be in the audience clapping and cheering loudly and singing along off key yes um but yeah no the the so the film has um, obviously inspired a lot of other films, yes. copycats, and also just, uh, for example, Friday 7, um, with its own telekinetic terror. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the musical, uh, a sequel. Yes, Rage. Yeah, Carrie The Rage of, uh, Rage of Carrie, I think. I think it's just The Rage, the Rage Carrie 2. I think you're right. Because I, I was looking it up today. Yeah, um, Horror Queers covered that a while back. Um which, Which has, is, um, Susan is the lead in that, right? She's on I the think cover. So, yeah, she's on the cover. Yeah. Um, so 
it's got the sequel. It's got the remake, which on it, have, you haven't seen the remake. No, either. I have not. I'm sending it home with you. Um, it's, Fierce. It's somewhere in here. I think it's in the, the DVD case. Um, Is it good? So here's the thing. Okay. A lot of people hated it. Fine. I personally feel like you can't compare the remake and the original. Never. It's not fair because they're two totally different films. There are, there's, like, the, the remake does enough um, fan service with, like, like um, recreating scenes. Yeah. But it also adds in a lot. So I'm just going <clears> to <throat> skip to the end. Um, so the ending of Carrie. The remake. Uh, the remake is much more, it gives Carrie more humanity toward the end of her life. Cool. Um, I won't spoil it for you because I want you to see it and enjoy it. That's interesting. But she gets a lot of humanity um, in the final moments of her life before the home, the, ha- the house crashes down on her and yeah. the original and the remake. Um, but she gets like one final, one final goodness uh, to, to kind of bring it back that Carrie's not this horrible person that I'm sure some idiot watching is like, she's, she's a bad. bitch. And I'm like, where? That could easily have been me. Like, Any of us. Tea. If I had powers, I, I, I think about it all the time whenever I'm on the road. I'm like, if I was Magneto right now, I would flip this bitch over. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a Gemini, and occasionally I do use my powers for ill. I like, like that. I have to, like, be really intentional with my life, or I, like, fuck things up, and I'm like, oh, I was a bad person in that moment. So you, like, do something bad and bring, some like, something worse on? Oh, all the, all I, the time. All the time. Yeah, and, and it's, it's really funny because... It's, it's upsetting because sometimes in the moment I'm like this is the right thing to do and I'm like behaving from a place but often it's because I'm behaving from a place of like reaction and emotion mm-hmm. and not like intent and and so I do something that is that feels natural and feels good and then later on I realize like oh I fucked this up I did a really harmful thing and I didn't intend to and now I have to like make amends and yeah. also change my behavior and I think that that is like what Carrie goes through because we see it I, I, if I if I can yeah. we see it at the end of the film after she's like destroyed her mom and she like weeps do you yeah. know what I mean she's she like, realizes cries. what she's done right and like her mom was awful to awful. her and she still realizes that like oh she's done a lot of horrible things mm-hmm. and like the weight of that the, the weight of we don't talk about this a lot I think in queer communities because we're all, I feel like there's there's very like, rah, rah, yes, everyone who's ever hurt you or traumatized you deserves to be destroyed. Go, 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 right? Yeah. But like when we take our own trauma and we take our own wounds and rather than healing them, we act from that place and react from that place. So we are causing more violence and causing more harm and, and doing harm onto others that has been done unto us. Mm-hmm. That is not okay. You know what I mean? That 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 creates more of a cycle of harm and violence and creates more people who are hurt and they will hurt others, you know? That's and key. Like, I think that we see that in Carrie and she has remorse for that at the end. And I'm glad that they gave her even more humanity in the remake mm-hmm. um, because I, I think that happens a lot. And, like, I, I was both feeling horrified after she was announced prom queen through the rest of the movie and, like... I was both horrified and rooting her on, and, like, what a complicated thing to hold together. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, uh, I'll be honest, I was rooting for her, but that's just because, again, I put myself straight into Carrie. Right. And I have choose. a very non... Well, I'm chaotic because I'm manic um, a lot of the times, but at my core, I'm pretty, I'm pretty um, intentional. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I would never end up there. But I also wonder, like, if I had been pushed to my limit, right? 
um, if I could have done that. And then I'm like, you know what? If I had, good for me. Yeah. So I see. That's that's how I explained it away. But you're right about the um, the the queer community often being like, uh, fuck everybody who's ever hurt you. Yeah, I, got I am hurt. I am one of those people sometimes, and I it is what it is. But I do agree that um, holding on to your trauma and hurting others is like mega fucked up. Right. And you should. And if you do bad things from that place, like I don't. I'm I'm not mad at Carrie. Do you know what no, I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not like, oh, you're a villain, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, I understand you. Absolutely. You were wildly wounded and hurt. Like, of course you did these things. Yeah. Of course you did. That doesn't make them right, but also it makes them, I can empathize. Yes. Stunning. I'm glad that we came to the subject of empathy. Yes. Um, because, uh, so this is going to be one of those episodes, um, which, of which there are a lot where I don't cover the summary necessarily like you all have seen carrie if you haven't should we do a quick should we do a quick drive-by we can do a quick okay here's how it goes Uh, and if if you want to jump in jump in (laughs) go ahead um carrie white she's taking a shower yes in after gym class the camera pans to all these sexy girls who are presented very sexily they're teenagers i don't know why we're being presented this way then carrie is washing herself very sensually again confused about the lens that this is going through and then she starts bleeding because she's having her first period and the girls make fun of her and it's really cruel and really awful and the gym teacher is like kind of abusive but also kind of listening to her and like helps her out okay carrie goes home her mom is like you're a sinner you're a slut you shouldn't be bleeding unless you've had intercourse and carrie's like i didn't have intercourse and her mom is like go repent send her to a horrible closet that she has to stay in and repent and then she comes out and she's like mama i'm sorry i'm going to bed and kisses her mom and mom's like good for you go to bed (laughs) right awful so coming in the coming weeks prom is coming up and one of the girls susan Mm -hmm. has this really hot kind of douchey boyfriend and she's like hey you should ask carrie to the prom and he's like why and she's like she says to people that she feels bad about what she did to carrie there's another girl chris all of them get detention. The gym teacher is cruel to them at detention. And Chris is pissed off about it. And she's like, I can't go to prom because I'm not doing this fucking detention. So I'm going to get my revenge on Carrie. John Travolta appears. John yes. Travolta, Chris's boyfriend, <laughs> and their friends. This is one of the most horrific moments in the movie to me. Go to a pig corralling place, like yes. a butcher place. Murder a pig in cold blood. Mm-hmm. Collect its blood. The prom happens. Uh, uh, Carrie is like I'm gonna go to prom her mom's like definitely not and Carrie's like fuck you I have magical powers and I made my own dress fuck you I'm going to the prom Carrie looks beautiful absolutely stunning Tommy who takes her looks great in his little Mm -hmm. suit there's a little prom getting ready montage which includes them setting up the weird pig blood prom is happening Carrie seems happy the gym teacher is happy Tommy's being really actually nice to her Mm -hmm. Susan is there watching because Susan wants to see Carrie have a nice moment and then Carrie is crowned prom queen Carrie and Tommy go up she's gonna give a little speech maybe in front of the microphone she's got her flowers she's got her crown (sighs) Susan realizes what's happening is trying to stop it the gym teacher is mad at Susan so the gym teacher throws Susan out and then Chris and John Travolta whatever his name is Billy in the movie Billy and Chris dump the pig blood on Carrie Um, chaos ensues and then Chris's dumb friend in the baseball cap who never stops wearing a fucking baseball cap even at prom. So weird in her dress. Strange. And it's a red cap too. Yeah, it's very strange. Today has a whole new meaning. I can't see a red hat without 
Right. And everyone looks horrified except for her. She starts laughing and then she gets the rest of the school to laugh at Carrie. Mm -hmm. And Carrie's mom had previously said, they're all going to laugh at you, Carrie. And so Carrie hears in her head, they're all going to laugh at you. And also other people being like, you're going to have a nice time. I promise you, you're safe. Like all these things. Right. And the sound design here changes drastically. The movie Mm -hmm. takes a whole turn visually and orally and it's fucking cool. And, um, and then Carrie destroys everyone. First, she starts with a water hose. She, like, locks them all in with her magic. She's, like, hosing them all down, like, torturing them with water. Then someone tries to control the water. It gets on the lights. So the lights are, like, electrocuted. Some dudes get electrocuted who are, like, principals or teachers while they're holding a microphone. And then how do things catch on fire? Because at some point, everything catches on fire. And I feel like it's an electricity fire. I had thought that, and then I watched it today, and I was like, is this Carrie just manifesting fire? fire? Because it happens behind her. And the water's not enough, clearly. She's pissed. So. So Carrie's covered in blood. The school is burning down. Everyone is dead. Like, the gym teacher is dead. The principals are dead. Chris might be... No, Chris and John Travolta escape. Yeah, they escape. Um, Carrie is leaving the school, covered in blood, walking home, catatonic. Chris and John Travolta are in the car. John Travolta, by the way, a messy drinker. Every time he drinks in the movie, he's, like, covered in alcohol in his face. It's disgusting. It's a weird choice from the director, I'm sure. Um, But they're driving. They're fully gonna run Carrie over. Like, they're not stopping. They see her. So Carrie flips their car... They also die, we presume. Yeah, Carrie yeah. goes home. Her mom is there. But her mom's being, like, weird in the corner after she's lit all these candles. When I got... When she got home, I thought her mom had killed herself because of all, like, the ritual candles. And I yeah, was like, Ooh, and the, spooky. Um, the, the, like... The chopping of the... Of the yeah, there's this chopping scene that we, I didn't cover because it's not super important. It's not super important. It's just, like, flavor. Yeah. Um, Carrie goes to bathe herself. By the way, don't take a fucking bath when you're covered in pig blood. Take a shower, Carrie. That's gross. That's gross. Um, Carrie's mom comes around the corner. Carrie is clean. Carrie's crying to her mom. And her mom tells her her own sob story. And then Carrie's mom stabs Carrie. So, of course, Carrie reacts, uses her powers, pushes her mom away, stabs her with a bunch of knives. Then Carrie is sad because her mom is dead and her teachers are dead and her friends are dead and everything is awful. And she's at the center of this and she realizes that life is awful and also she did awful things that made life more awful and then the house burns down yes right and then the next scene if i'm not mistaken is susan having a dream that she goes to carrie's grave and carrie's bloody hand grabs her wrist and then she wakes up and she's in the hospital yeah she's still recovering from the trauma that she experienced right because she was outside of the school when it burns down yeah she's the sole survivor yeah um which I, i would assume is why the rage carrie 2 happens with susan at the center. I would like to watch that movie now. Because I'm invested in Susan because I thought Susan was really mean. I thought she was tricking Carrie. And I realized at the end, I think I wrote down, um, where is it? In all caps locks. Um, wait, Susan and Tommy weren't in on it? In all caps locks. Because I was like shocked that they were like actually yeah. good people. I and got the, I, I, the first time watching it, I, I kind of, um, realized not super early on, but, early on enough um, that they weren't in on it and it was because um, she's so like it seems like she's in on it because she's so gung-ho on Tommy going right and then you see the the other side of the story which is her friends or alleged friends and she's not involved with that and she's not involved with it that's that makes sense so that's where I kind of was like okay I think that I think that her and her friends are hitting a um, a rough patch of sorts and they're not speaking because um, she realized what they did was wrong. Yeah, she was, she, like, was, she was the only one who, who wasn't understood. super participating. Yeah, yeah. Whenever she's getting, uh, whenever the girls are getting yelled at, 
um, by Mrs. Jardins, or I think Collins in this movie. Yeah, Collins in this um, movie. She's, she's like, understanding, like, yeah, I deserve this. And then when um, Billy's Billy's girlfriend. Chris. Chris. When Chris Who Billy is... calls Chuck, which I think is so fun and gendered. Does he? He calls her Chuck in the car. I never clocked that. Yes, he calls her Chuck, and I was like, that's so interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. And surprising. I would not... Ex- okay, work. Yeah. Um... But she, like, whenever she's having her, she can't do this to us if we all stick together. She's yeah. like, shut up, Chris. Like, she fully does not subscribe to this, like, um, hysterical, woe is me when... Victim. Yeah, when she acknowledges what they did was fucked up. I will say, and I thought this was funny, and I think it is a cultural thing, mm-hmm. that the gym teacher who is presented in this movie as the hero is physically violent with the girls on multiple occasions. And so I wrote down, not Chris, the villain, being the one who's like, if we band together, we can escape this abuse. And me being like, okay, maybe, yes. Yeah. Because, because like, I think in the 70s, it was just, like, a very different thing to hit a child yeah, than it, it is now. Yeah. Um, like, like, my parents spanked me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, I don't think they would... I, I'm sure they're not spanking my nieces, and my brother and sister are not spanking... My brother and sister are not spanking their children. Right. But, like, in the 90s, they were like, yeah, bend over. Go pick a switch. Right. Get smacked. At first, I thought that you weren't going to get that, and then I remember that you're from Fern Creek. So oh, yeah. Know, like, oh, go pick a switch. Is. Baby, she grew up... I was not growing up in the trailer park, but she grew up right next to the trailer park. I was uh, I was uh, just outside the holler. I so, love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. For yeah. us to be uh, two country queens. Oh, yeah. Girl, I, I tell people all the time. When I was in New York, I was like, I have an opera degree. I'm bougie. And I'm like, no, I'm fucking white trash. I just also sing Puccini. Like, both, are, both can be held in the same space. I love that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very, very interesting life you've led. Oh, so I'm really pleased to have lived. The, I have really pleased and also emotionally fraught about the life that I have <laughs> led. How old are you? I'm 29. I just turned 29 last month. Twinsies. Wait, last month? May 25th. When's That's your birthday? May 9th. No way, but you're a Taurus. I'm a Taurus. Yeah, my ex-husband was a Taurus. I'm sorry. It's okay. It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good. I mean, I, I, I like Tauruses. Like, there are a lot of things about Tauruses that I really enjoy. And if we wanted to get into astrology, my Venus is in Taurus. So, like, I like sensuality and stability and, like, a, a place to come back to in my, like, romantic life. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. Mine's in Leo. Um, oh, bitch. Well, I'm glad we're not dating. What's that mean? Please. Uh, I mean, Leo, Leo is... Now, okay, fire signs I'm not as up on, you all. So if I get this wrong and you're listening, you're like, Gilda's not a real astrology faggot. That's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, Leo is the um, cardinal. No, it's probably fixed. Aries might be cardinal. One of them is cardinal, one of them is fixed. I think Leo is the cardinal sign of the fire signs, which is like, I'm right and you're wrong. And if you don't do it my way, fuck you. Um, which Team. resonates with you. That yeah. resonates with me. Um, Because... Very, very, like, passionate, very go get mm-hmm. very, very, like, like think, uh, transphobia, sure, whatever, think Gryffindor, do you know what I mean, as, like, mm-hmm. Leo, like, that sort of, like, I am the hero, and not only am I the hero, but I've chosen to be the hero, and I'm making myself the hero. That resonates with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's very Leo. I'm the mom friend who always knows what's best. I've had to teach myself in recent years, so not, so as not to destroy friendships, that some people's lives are not my fucking business. Uh-huh. And I don't need to constantly tell my friends what they need to do to better themselves. And so I just need to let them learn for themselves. So, That's so tough. we're improving. We're making improvements. Good for you. Thank you. Jake, yes. Jake can testify um, that uh, that I have at least attempted yeah. to mostly 
not be a little shit, a uh, little shit dick. Also, Carrie. Also, Carrie. <laughs> bitch, not me fully forgetting. We, we, we have gone off on a cute tangent. I love it. Um, so so we, did, we did the synopsis. Yes. And by the way, fantastic fucking synopsis. For someone who's seen it one time, granted, yeah. you knew the musical, but that's a very, like, you cut the fat that didn't need to be there. And hit the points that and did. And hit the points that did. I also, I just really loved the film. It's so good. Like, I, it really, and it's funny because I remember when I started it, one of my first things was like, this is not scary. Like, no. I was, I was not scared and I, I was still captivated mm-hmm. by the story. And then in that set, in that like last 20 minutes, I was like, oh, this is the, the horror is this, mm-hmm. the culmination of all the pieces leading up to it. And like, and like the horror was also sort of the like outsized and exaggerated way that they like showed what human interaction on a high school level is. Um, and it just was so well done. So beautifully put together, beautifully shot. The sound design was great. Like, it's just a great film. And so I think it's just really, like, stuck with me. Stunning. I'm glad to hear that. I was hoping that you would enjoy it, because originally I know we talked about doing, like, Alien uh, alien or Possession movies. And I was like, uh, after I met you, I was like, this bitch is smart. I can do Carrie with her. Yes! So I was like, let me just, let me just... Do you want to do Carrie? I love it. So, um, Two Queers with Penises, talking about a film about menstruation. Her. Her. Oh, wow. So the, um, the, the thing that um, uh, you brought up another point that I was eventually going to get to, so I'm glad we're here, um, was this movie being horror. Yes. It's, it's definitely horror, obviously. Yes. Um, for me, the most hor- horrific part isn't even the gym burning, because for me, that's like the, um, the, the good for you, girl mm-hmm. moment um, in a big way, and I'll touch more on that later. Um, but for me, the scariest or most, not really scariest, but the most horrific part for me is any interaction with her mother, Mm. specifically being locked into the closet Mm -hmm. and berated with Bible verses that aren't even fucking real. Right. Not even real. What was she reading from? What weird book about the sin of woman was she reading from? Her brain. She made that shit up. Uh. So the Raven scene. Um, where Carrie's getting berated by her mother after her mom re- receives the call from the school that she had her period and that there was an incident. Um, and instead of meeting her daughter with understanding and love and, you know, um, like teaching her about the birds and the bees and all of that, right. she instead beats her, literally beats her with a Bible and starts spewing off scripture that she made up and you know how many times like you've experienced this i'm sure where you're talking with someone who claims that they know the bible in and out and you start to um growing up mm-hmm. growing up you knew the bible enough i'm sure that mm-hmm. you could quote it back to them well and i i've studied greek hebrew and aramaic because of being a religious person so, so fierce people oh yeah we, we can talk about my coming out later and what happened afterwards but like I, I can talk Bible and also Bible context and Bible history to you all day. Work. I yeah. love that. I love that you can specifically talk about context too, because it's so important. Absolutely. With a book as old as the Bible, right? Well, and as what, uh, edited as the Bible. Even with people who like, even with people who aren't quote unquote making Bible verses up, like the mm-hmm. way that they're taken out of context, the way that they're mistranslated intentionally, Tea. and then the way that they are mistranslated and then misread within mm-hmm. the context of a different culture like like this is an exaggeration of that like yeah. margaret white is a beautiful exaggeration of like the ridiculousness of fundamentalist christianity absolutely so so well written and so and what what's crazy is 
I think a lot of Christians can watch her and because it's so exaggerated, they can separate themselves from her. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, there are parts of, there are truth, there is truth in her that I should recognize within myself. Yeah. No, that takes a certain amount of self-awareness to be able to see yourself as the, the, the villain in a movie. Absolutely. Um, Michael had asked me earlier, he's like, I haven't fully, haven't fully fledged this in my mind, but is Margaret White the anti-hero? Because technically she was, she knew what Carrie's powers were capable of and she tried to stop it. And then to tie in that with what, like, obviously she was horrible for what she right. put her daughter through. But is she technically an anti-hero? And I'm like... I think it's not, I think it's not a bad question. And I, yeah. I think, I think one of the things that I love about films that center around women mm-hmm. are that we, at least me as a queer person, and I think that most people are allowed to look at a film like that and see something more complicated than films that are about men. Because oh, yeah. so many films about men are like, this guy is good, this guy is bad, this guy uses the gun to go boom boom for the good things, and this guy uses the gun to go boom boom for the bad things, but they're clear cut. And in this, no one, except for maybe Chris, is presented as, well, Chris and Margaret, I think, are both presented as villains, Mm -hmm. but I think that Margaret, with her story that she tells Carrie at the end, and, like, her trying to, like, know that Carrie's powers, like, there is a complication and a nuance to who she is. Exactly. Um, And I think even if you understand high school children, there's a complication and a nuance to who Chris is. Yeah. And, like, why she's the way that she is and why she feels enabled to do this bullshit. You know? Well, she's always been she's always been beautiful, white right. and blonde, right? So, and probably has money. I I, I see her as like a woman a who has money. Yeah, you know what I mean. And she's got the um, the bad boy uh, boyfriend boyfriend from another school. So like she's set up, and we don't know her her family life exactly in the film. And like uh, people like that, like I I was briefly that girl in high school and was like dating the bad boy and mm-hmm. like buying him cigarettes because I was seventeen and he was sixteen and like sneaking out and going to bad places and breaking into stuff and like getting chased by the cops because because i had a really religious conservative upbringing yeah and i was like trying to rail against that you know what i mean and like i didn't like pour pig's blood on somebody yeah obviously um but like there's like a hurt little wounded child inside of me that like wants to do stuff like that and be like fuck you all i deserve attention and that's why i'm a narcissist in a wig for a living what up what a well, what a, what a well, uh, well described, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Example, I guess, of the, the queer experience for anyone who turns to drag from a fundamental, from a fundamental Christian, uh, upbringing. Oh, absolutely. Because I want to be Carrie, but I've just ended up being Chris. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, that's, that's like, like, like you, you don't want to become Regina George. But if you're not careful, you become Regina George. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because because you are coming from like Regina George is wounded, yeah, hurt, boots. pained, and she's mm-hmm. just spewing on other people. And that's what I'm talking about. About and Carrie does the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I want to be a badass with powers, which is why I light candles and stage my room and call the four corners. But like, but like, uh, if I'm not careful, I just end up being like a big mean girl who bullies people. And like, I don't want to do that. It's good that you're able to uh, to acknowledge that in yourself, though. That's that's. Uh... Not me fully about to just <laughs> make an editor's note. <laughs> no, that's the self-awareness that that a lot of the girls don't have. So yeah. Okay. With that said, let's just take um, let's just take a quick break. Sis Got Tea is Louisville, Kentucky's black-owned, LGBTQ-owned, woman-owned tea business. They have all kinds of tea for every kind of person, from teas that taste just like desserts to blends that are downright earthy, herbal, and floral. Some of their exclusive blends include sweet potato pie, cotton can tea 
vanilla chamomile, and aged pour. Currently, Siscott Tea has over 30 blends for you to choose from. Siscott Tea's loose leaf tea blends, along with branded merchandise like mugs and t-shirts, gift cards, and membership to their exclusive mug club, can be found in their online store at www.siscottty.com. That's www.siscottty.com. Want to buy some tea or merch in person? Well, you're in luck. Siscott Tea is available at all Rainbow Blossom locations, the Speed Art Museum, Blue Dog Bakery and Cafe, Pocket Change, and Lavender Hill Florals in Southern Indiana. Siscott Tea would eventually like to have their own brick-and-mortar store, and you can learn more about how you can support this queer-owned, black-owned business by visiting their website, www.siscottty.com, and in the meantime, you can use discount code REALLYQUEER on their online store to get 20% off your order. That's REALLYQUEER for 20% off your first online store order. Siscott Tea. Black brewed, queer approved. So, something that you'll find interesting, uh, I hope you do read the Stephen King book. Um, I would love to. Yeah. Tommy is much more altruistic in the book. Um, he actually is the one who kind of has to make... Um, Susan. Susan, thank you. I cannot remember the names today. Uh, actually, like, realize that she needs to do something right. Because he himself has had a time where he's hurt somebody mm. and he's like, um, granted that person was picking on him. But he still felt bad for what he did to him, um, and so we're just talking about yeah, yeah, very that. And he's he's very altruistic and very um, he's the he's the, the 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 right fellow, the good guy. Yeah. The, um, that way, that's why he's hot and blonde and gets to wear his button down unbuttoned. Yes, great, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're thankful for it because he is very. I know. Very, I've literally wrote down. Him. I love. I love. I love chests. Right. I also talked about this in the beginning of my notes because I love titties. Like, I just love chests of any gender, don't give a fuck, yes. super into them. But, like, a man in a button-down with it unbuttoned just a little too much, mm-hmm. I am a puddle. <laughs> a puddle. How did you feel about the, um, the scene? I'm a, I'm a, I have a thing for suits. Granted, none of those suits in this movie really did it for me, right, but I still enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed the montage, though. Yeah. It was very, um, out of place knowing where the film that the tone's going very out of place and also the weird section in the middle where they like fast forward through it yeah with what the, is like, that the, editing the, the alvin and the chipmunks moment right when they repeat the same dialogue from earlier but faster but it's not the same video it's like different video yes i was like what is this yes there was some uh so obviously the the ending of the film where they have the split screen showing yes. the carnage incredible yeah mind-blowing lovely everything about it stunning beautiful fantastic lovely gowns beautiful gowns but that fucking like some of the weird moments of the movie um specifically the the montage scene where they speed it up and the dancing scene where they're going in one direction and the camera's going in the other i was so nauseous i was wondering if it was intentional to make something that's that's uh obviously a beautiful moment for carrie so nauseating for me um, it's like whenever play hits the strobe lights for like a full 35 seconds and I'm sitting here like, <sighs> the first time I did my big gay opera show at Play Louisville, I was singing the Habanera by Bizet. There was no moment in the show that needed a strobe, but for the entire three minute Habanera, um, just strobe the whole time. I have it on video. I was like, why? I'm standing still seeing this beautiful aria. I fully want to like. Like, just charge through there and find the thing that, that has the strobe and just break it sometimes. I'm like, enough! Because no. it's like, it's going to activate, it's, I'm like, one of these days it's going to activate a seizure and it's going to be fierce whenever I fall down and uh, get all the attention that I want. As I'm like, 
Uh, what's going on? I'm going to run from on stage and put my wig under your head and be like, <laughs> we have to save her! <laughs> Fully get carted out. Like, Micah, like, chucks me over his shoulder. Or yeah. Travis and... No- Travis that's and glamour, baby. That's glamour. That's glamour. I would feel so... I would feel so puss Pussy! I'd feel so puss ne- like, Never more pussy than when you're a damsel in distress, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I would get my full life and I'd hope somebody would get on camera. Right. And I'd be like, please don't post on the internet. Post it. Just because I want... I just want people to, like... Be like, oh my god, you poor baby, are you okay? I'm, I'm doing better today. LOL. Yeah. That's Did I set my eyebrow off? Do I have eyebrows still? You have half of each eyebrow. <laughs> I didn't know they were drawn on. That's fierce. You did a good job. Thank you. Yeah. Mine have grown out because I was sick last weekend, and so I didn't do drag all weekend. I saw that. I was really sad not to see you on Sunday. Yeah, I missed it. I am, like, craving. You are, like, one of the only... Uh, only drag queens that I know who genuinely seem to love every aspect of their job. I love it. I, I literally, when I called, I called it on Friday because I knew a Saturday and Sunday were going to be busy for me. And I was like, let me recover on Friday. And when I realized on Saturday that I was going to call out again, I called my boss and I called Tony, who was doing the early show that I was mm-hmm. going to be take part in. And then I went to the kitchen and just cried. And my boyfriend was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm not working. Like, I live to do this job. It is, like, how I built, what I built my life around. And I'm, like, missing it because I have to take care of myself. And I know I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to get other people sick with whatever nasty cold I have. I want to, like, stay upright. But, like, I felt so sad. Yeah. That's so sad. I'm sorry. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm really excited to work this weekend. I'm, like, ready to shave my whole body and become a baby seal and, like, put on makeup <laughs> and just, like, shake my ass. I love that. So, um... Carrie, again. Carrie. Carrie, well, again. Hello, welcome to uh, Sydney and Gilda are just becoming friends. <laughs> no, literally, like, I, this is the most you've talked. Yeah, because we're always at the bar. We're always at the bar, other. and I'll see you, and you're like, you're so cool, and I'm like, you're fucking cool, and then you're like, <laughs> no, you're cool, and I'm like, <laughs> it's very that, or like, passing by each other, like, I'll come up and tip you, and I fully want to, like, stop the number, we're going to talk. Right. Scissors and Dungeon Cats kiss me more starts, we just look, look at each other longingly. <laughs> yes, they get very, very close, but then we cycle them out at the very, very end. <laughs> just to give them that moment. But yeah, so Carrie, um, so, did I already talk about this? Um, I have a note in here specifically about the, uh, uh I always have to make everything queer. Yes. Um, because <clears throat> I like to put, I like to put queerness in everything. Um, so this might be a bit of a reach, but if you take Carrie's power, her religious trauma imparted on her by Margaret, and look at this, uh, the, the, like, strange power, or whatever, um, I'm gonna call it a power, I don't really know. It's her like telekinesis? Her telekinesis. Yeah. It's a, it's power. Yeah, absolutely yeah. power. Um, that's referred to constantly as a sin, as being dangerous and hard to control, as queerness, okay? Um, I feel like it ring, it rings true to me, in my experience growing up, um, so... I know it might be a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, my dad wanted me to be, wanted me to be a preacher, um, and I'd be a damn good one, mind you. Um, but obviously my queerness, even at a young age, was a problem for me and those close to me because it wasn't understood. It wasn't accepted, and it was quote-unquote wrong. Right. Uh, much like Carrie's power. It went against what the church believed, and I tried to suppress my queerness. It was not something that could be contained, however, obviously, as we sit here. Um, it was a part of me, not just my sexuality, but my, my queerness, which is like, like my whole like essence. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. It, 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 it influences everything that I do and the way that I respond to the world around me, the things I think, the things I say, um, the empathy that I feel when viewing things that don't affect me in any way. Um, 
So I guess what I'm, what I'm to wrap it up and kind of nicely is that I feel like if we look at Carrie's power as queerness and then what she did with her power and what a queer person can do, um, when they're hurt and traumatized for many, many years, like the damage they could, they could, you know, could do. I think about it as like, um, and this is heavy. Um, like we haven't had one that I'm aware of. Um, but like a school shooter or someone who, um, kills their parents or, you know, church youth group leader or a priest who, who abused them or something like you have queer people who are experiencing trauma, but like much like Carrie. And then you see, um, what she was able to do. Right. Granted it's in the con, like the confines of like a sci-fi horror movie. Right. Um, so I often like whenever I watch this, that's why when I, that's why I think it's one of my favorites because I look at it and I think about the darkness that I felt growing up. Right. Especially in the Christian school. Um, and the things that I was like fantasizing about doing. Yeah. That were Mm -hmm. scary. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, like, that's why that moment where I'm kind of like, good for you, girl. I'm also kind of like, but is it? Because that, like, not all those people did anything to her. Right. But. I think that's why racism, transphobia, and sexism are so common in the queer community is because we have wounds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we are, we are, we are often punching down. T. Um, out of a place of hurt. Yeah. Or that's why we have people like Perez Hilton, do you know what I mean, who is clearly wounded and also cruel mm-hmm. to so many people. Or or like, like like I, I'm not going to clock anybody, but like in the drag scene, I've, I've worked in New York and Chicago and Florida and, and all over the Midwest now, and there are bullies everywhere. And those bullies, and that's what I mean when I say like, I could become Regina George, and there are moments yeah. when I am, is because, because when you are hurt... And you gain power, you can harm others. And I think something that really rises to me, and that I'm learning, this is really raw, but I can talk about it a little bit. Um, I, I'm polyamorous. My partner's a polyamorous. I, I lived a r- not monogamous life with my ex-husband, but like we were not poly. Yeah. We were just like n- non-monogamous, you know what I mean? Like open. Open. And before, before we were married, we were monogamous, and my previous partner had been monogamous. Um... And because I live in a world where there's not a lot of education about polyamory, um, and because I live in a world where there's not a lot of support, and because most people look at it a specific way, yeah, um, I, I have unintentionally um, hurt people in trying to practice polyamory because I have done it poorly. Because because no one taught me like, and I, I think of that as like sort of a superpower is like my ability to get intimate with people really fast also leads me to want to be poly because like I discover lots of great connections with people and I want to honor those, mm-hmm. but no one taught me how to do that. Yeah. It's not something that I'm you could have stumbling like around. You never saw it growing up. I'm sure like right. you didn't have examples of healthy polyamorous relationships because those relationships were what hidden, hidden away. away, just like queerness. Right. Exactly. And just like Carrie's power. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so like, I didn't kill a whole gym of people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, but like I have hurt people in trying to exercise this thing about me that I think is great and I want to celebrate. Yeah. You know? And like that, and I think we do that with our queerness. Mm-hmm. I, I think we do that in, in queer sexuality a lot. Like there's a lot of like, 
violence and consent issues that happen because we have we we experience sexuality and it is coupled deeply with shame and guilt and the need to hide it and that is like part of it like like i have a whole like cuckolding and cheating kink because i associate my sexuality with things being hidden do you know what i mean and like i have to honor that and confront it and undo it all at once you know what i mean whenever you have to confront your kinks it's so painful it's so awful it makes i i yeah yeah sex is a weird thing for me right now um which is very funny to say because i'm like always in stage like i suck a million dicks blah 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 blah, blah. and right now i'm like wait what is sex for why am i having sex how am I harming people and myself in the ways that I am having sex? Let me like reconfront this because I never have. And also I have a lot of shame and guilt and wounds around it. And so I am probably hurting people. That again, that self-awareness that you, that you have is um, like super important. I love, I love this podcast. It's going so well. Like that's why I have a tarot deck. Bitch. I just, I just, I just got one. And yes. Um, I haven't practiced. It is the demon, uh, demon tarot card deck. I wish I could find it. That's so fun, though. Here. I should read your tarot one day. Please, I would love to. It's one of my favorite things to do for people. It's hard for me to read for myself. I'm like I, I, I have obviously as a person, like I have a lot of walls up within mm-hmm. myself, and so accessing the, those messages through the cards for myself is so contextualized by my own bullshit that I can't always trust it. You know what I mean? I get that. But but reading for others has literally every time that I've experienced been fulfilling and rewarding and like like informative for people. Um, you you bring up this too about like re, um, reframing in your head what sex is. Yeah. Um, I believe that you're that we're that we're both still in our Saturn returns, right? Yes, like absolutely. A... Our, our if we're if I'm not mistaken, both of ours started on February twenty second of this year. Started this year? Yes. We were, we, like, so the Saturn return in Aquarius, which is our Saturn, if I'm not mistaken, started in February of this year. Now, we were probably experiencing aspects of it moving towards it, but I think, like, for me personally, this, like, I was processing and moving towards getting myself ready for my Saturn returns, and then come, like, February, March of this year, the shit hit the fan, and I am still in the throes of like because i'm we're probably gonna be for another year or two you know what Mm -hmm. i mean still in the throes of like learning the lessons that i was setting myself up to learn a year ago and two years ago that's fierce that you say that because i have been um for like three years now like slowly getting things have been slowly lining up so three years ago um i i was performing regularly yeah and I was over it and I was not having fun with it anymore and I hated it and it was just a job for me and then I quit yeah and then I quit for a year and I came back and whenever I came back I went from looking like an absolute garbage booger for like three years of doing drag and not really improving yeah like visually to like not not doing any makeup at all Mm -hmm. doing no drag right um for a year came back had the best paint ever yeah you look great um thank you yeah and then uh there's a video somewhere on the internet of me seeing sydney perform for the first time and my jaw was literally my friend william was sitting next to me and he was like cackling because my jaw was just open on the floor i was texting my partner i watched sydney hampton is amazing i watched that after salem was like gilda's jaw was on the floor the whole time i was like what no it wasn't and she's like playing it for me and i'm like i was gagged you're 
really captivating on stage. Thank you. Very talented. I, I was really, like, like I, I knew who you were, and I was like, oh, this is going to be cute, and, like, I'm excited to see her. And, like, it, not, like, in a malicious way, just, like, yeah. expectations were not, like, through the roof. Right. They were just like, cool, I'm excited to see her. And then I was like, this bitch? I was from the other side of the other side of the bridge, so. This bitch? You don't expect a lot from that side. LOL. But, um. And that's yeah, a problem. That was the, um, that was the, uh, first time I had been there in, I think, five years, five, yeah. six years. I was so glad you were back. So. Everyone was so excited that you were back. They were like, Sydney's back. And I was like. I didn't. Why was she gone? <laughs> then you were amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I had this whole like uh, experience of coming back, and I I enjoyed it. And that same year, I got really queer. The movie night started. Yeah, and um, I did that all on my like almost on my own. Like my husband, of course, helped a little bit, and um, I had friends to like put me up or whatever. But um, it was a production that I was putting on. I was uh, not comfortable on a mic at all yeah um so i like went out there tough learning curve yeah and my first time on the mic was at play newcomer um years prior and i bombed during presentation so this is my second time holding the mic and i was like "Ah!" and i like i went out there and i did it and um you know it was i had moments where it was kind of like eh, but i got there and i just kept working at it and working at it and it was like the year the years leading up to this have been me kind of like like things lining up where they need to be. Mm-hmm. We're manifesting, or we're not. We're not. We're knocking on wood. Um, this isn't real wood. Um, I had an interview today, of course, that you know about. Yes. And I well, have well. been very well, Good. very, very, very well. Um, I've been manifesting this for a long time and hoping that it comes to be, and it totally did, um, which is just like fierce and fabulous if it does. Um, and if not, it's still a great opportunity that I'm glad that I got considered for. Right. Um, so like the podcast, like coronavirus happened and I, I kind of slowed down because we were all depressed and then I was like, let's start a podcast yeah. because I miss really queer. So I got the podcast started and... Which is what, what an accessible medium absolute, to talk yes. about this. Like being a, having a, a medium like really queer um, where I can have queer people come on and talk about their experiences yeah. and also tie it into a movie maybe. Yep. Or just have a couple of uh, random uh, sidebars like what we've had. Like those, like this is, this is what I want to do with drag. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. I just want to, I would love to just like be a hostess and sing like host events, talk to people, like mm-hmm. have a, t- I want to have a talk show. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I want to have the Kelly Clarkson show. I want to go on. I want to sing like two fierce songs. I want to interview some great people. I want to have a couple segments. That's what I want. That is the career. I manifest this for you. Thank you. Let's work on it. Yes. Cheers. Amazing. I cheers. have a water bottle. I'm choosing. LOL. I have nothing, but I'm also cheersing. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, to kind of... Uh, wrap back. Wrap back. Um, so I was talking about... Carrie's power. Carrie's power. Being queer. And being queer. I would like to say that our superpower, um, our, our, uh, our channel for our superpower is our drag. Absolutely. And our power is getting what we want using yeah. this this uh, this physical medium of drag yeah. to My therapist says to me all the time, talk to Gilda. He's like, are you having a tough time? Talk to Gilda. Because, because because that is the place that I feel empowered. That is the place that, like, like there is a confidence when I am Gilda that, like, if I could access that in my everyday life, because that exists when I'm not in drag, but I have to invite it in. And the ritual of getting into drag invites it into me. But, like, I need to learn how to invite it in when I'm not in drag. Because yeah. that power is ours to always have. Mm-hmm. And to channel it through drag is, is like, how we're learning to use it. 
I, I use that today for the, like the, one of the first times of really like feeling. I'm not a confident person. I'm not one to toot my own horn very often. No. Um, but here recently, I'm much more comfortable. Toot a bitch. Toot it. Tooting it. Yeah. Um, and today, my my interview went so well because I was channeling um, me at the bar describing uh. what. Like, I have to take something that I haven't had anything to be proud of in a long time. Yeah. And I have this, my little podunk podcast that I love and is my baby. Um, and I just, the way that I would describe my podcast if I'm trying to sell it to somebody or talking about my movie night if I'm shopping around town trying to get it started. Yeah. Like, that confidence that I talk about this, like, this is a good product and it deserves your time and attention. Yes. And I did that today with my with my interview with nothing to do with Really Queer. And... It went really well. So I'm so proud of you. I'm I, you. You watching Carrie destroy the gym is me watching you talk about this right now. <laughs> I'm like, yes, girl, go, get it. I I love that. That's that is this is my this maybe this is my my destroying the gym moment. Except instead of destroying a gym, I'm just using my powers. Yeah, because it. you're not a 17 year old who's been abused. You're 29 yeah. and are going through your Saturn return. Exactly. Exactly. So much evolution. If Carrie had been able to live until she was 30, what could she have done with her powers? What good could she have accomplished? Do you know what I mean? She could have, like, stopped a dam from breaking or yeah. a train from destroying a car with a little baby in the back seat that they can't get the baby out. I was really sad when her and her mom perished in the house fire because I was imagining the story of Carrie losing her mom, becoming a reclusive supervillain, and then learning about the harm she has caused and then becoming a superhero post that. And, like, what kind of glow up that would be to watch. That would be. A and how that's, that's, like, a real, real story. Supervillains and superheroes do not stay superheroes and supervillains. No. We shift and change through life as we're learning things. And some of us start off doing really good work and do really awful things later. And some of us start off doing really awful things and then learn to be better. Yeah. And some of us stay the same, but it's not always true. That's tea. So we talked before we began recording about um, about empathy and seeing beyond our own experiences and how important that can be. And just like, you know, having that ability to step back and see things uh, can help us help others, right? Because no one did that in Carrie. No one saw... Like, Margaret didn't look at anyone else's perspective. Nope. The gym teacher didn't look at anyone else's perspective. The Chris and Susan and Carrie... Like, no one could see what anyone else was doing. You know what I mean? Like, the, I didn't even see what Susan was trying to do. I thought Susan was being an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I realized she was trying to be good. And then the gym teacher thought that Susan was trying to be an asshole and fucked that up because Susan could have stopped Chris As from Susan's pouring the blood. her... Like, right. trying to tell her, and right. she just throws her out of the gymnasium. But everyone was trying to do the best they could, yeah. but everyone also had blinders on, they weren't talking to each other. And that's what happens. There was no communication. No, and if we had been communicating, <laughs> Carrie would not have destroyed a gym and ruined lives. That's right. And also her own, and her mother's. Mm-hmm. Although, her mother was really abusive to her. Yeah. Like, and so, Carrie should have found a way to get out of the situation, period. Because it was rough. That was rough. Yeah. yeah. No, that was, that was, that was, uh... <clears throat> definitely the the most like watching that like i this is i, I watch there are there are there are like four or five movies that can make me cry every yeah. time i watch them um fried green tomatoes uh still magnolias uh-huh i've never seen it i know honey all, all, all my gay friends are like you have honey! to watch Still magnolias <laughs> never seen it oh my god okay yeah we are we are watching that Love. um absolutely um the body episode of buffy great um every time uh waterworks obviously carrie yeah um, not every time I watch it, but sometimes when I'm in the mood, it's one of those movies I can just mm-hmm. put in and I'm just like, I need a good cry. And then throughout the random parts of the movie, I'll make me cry too. Um, it's really strange. And they're not always the same ones. Um, so it's, it's, it's one of those movies that just like deeply affects me. Yeah. 
and I'm I'm very grateful to that. Do you know what movies always make me cry? Also, movies where communication doesn't happen. Doubt. Never seen it. I don't think. But also, I love religious trauma. Religious trauma does it for me. What's doubt? Doubt is a film about um, a priest and a nun at the same uh, diocese, whatever they call it. I don't know. I wasn't Catholic. Um, and the nun accuses the priest of impropriety with young boys. And it's all about that. And Meryl Streep. Um, I've heard it? of it. Philip Seymour Hoffman, I think. Um, Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. Viola Davis has like 10 minutes of the movie and steals the whole fucking show. She's amazing. Amy Adams. Brilliant. Uh, doubt. Atonement. And then the strangers. I I I at the end, so the ending is really really hard to watch. It, it, I cry. Yeah. I mean that's 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 why the gym scene was was finally when I was like oh this is a horror movie because I felt horrified mm-hmm. like senseless violence that could have been stopped really upsets me. Um, and so the strangers like I cr- I have I have watched it. It's one of my favorite scary movies and also one of the scary movies I've watched the least because of how hard it is on me to watch. But I've watched it three times in my life, and I've cried every single time. Wept for the last half hour of the movie. Wept. Have you seen The Hills Have Eyes, the remake? Uh, yes. But only on TV. Only on TNT, so I missed a lot of it. You know, they cut it out. I don't know if I have it. I was going to send it home with you. Um, it's one of those movies that makes me cry. Yeah. Because the, the deaths are so yeah. cruel. The Hills Have Eyes about the family who's like, torturing people and also are like fucked up and oppressed yes they yes. are they're the um like the the government um forced them out of their home right. and some of them stayed and they got radiation poisoning and stuff um the fan in the remake i i don't do well with uh sexual violence yeah in mm-hmm, movies mm-hmm. and especially um in the hills have eyes it was especially hard because you see mm. it yeah. And it's not just implied. You see it happening. Yeah. Um, That's why I haven't watched Promising Young Woman yet. I haven't either. Yeah. Now, I think that I have this conver- I had this conversation with someone recently. They asked me about it, and I was like, might have been might have been Jake. And I was like, I don't know if I can do it, because it's sexual violence. I'll, I'll, yeah. eventually, I'll eventually get around to it. I'm, I'm trying to get over my... Um, I have an aversion to gore. Really? I know. You wouldn't expect it, right? No, I, I love gore. Like, I know. You're a big horror movie poster. Like, and most of those are gritty gory films and right. i just um i don't do well with body horror like i just watched hellraiser <gasps> loved it so good I loved it Obsessed. the second one is also good i'm about to i'm about to sit down and watch i think there's 11 of them yes you I'm can watch all of them and, i'm gonna try and watch every i'm gonna try and sit through every single one i couldn't make it past the fourth one i'm going to i i can if i can if i can re-watch jason goes to hell i can do i can do anything it's like, fucking funny so I'm like fully like prepared to to kind of what's the exposure they get, therapy? They get less gruesome later on to me, mm-hmm. um, but I think as they got better and the production quality got better, they might get more gruesome again at the, like the halfway mark. That's possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm I'm about to do exposure therapy. Um, I've been watching a lot more gore lately and struggling with it because it yeah. it makes me I'm I'm really, I can't watch needles. Whenever I got my COVID shot, I had to like oh. pull it away. It was like. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> and I just, I can't, like, it doesn't hurt, but I can't see things enter the body yeah. that shouldn't be there. I went on a date to see a Saw film at Movie Tavern and had boneless wings. And I also went on a date with my ex-husband to see the Evil Dead remake mm. and had nachos and, like, watched them and ate fully the whole mm-hmm. time because I like gore. I like nasty anime, 
too. Like I'm watching Tokyo Ghoul right now mm. and I'm really mad that it's on Hulu and it's censored on Hulu because I yeah. want to see it uncensored. Like I love uh, Tarantino films. Problematic. Cancel me. I love Tarantino films because of all the like use of gore as a visual tool. So this is fascinating. I love meeting people who don't like gore because I'm like, oh, I want to know why. I have a, I have a thing. I have a thing with um, like, like I'm a person who pops my phones Net. all the time, uh-huh. um, and it freaks it freaks Salem the fuck out. That's she hates so it. Funny. So I like, I'll sit next to her and I like, I like pop every single one of my toes. Yeah. I can pop them three times, mm-hmm. most of them. Um, I can pop like the the boop and then the the stem of the toe. I don't yeah. know. And then the like knuckle of my toe. And she's like <laughs> the whole time. And uh. the way that she feels about that is me watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh. One of my favorite movies. And also. Um, Scream doesn't really have a lot of gore, luckily. No, yeah. Um, neither does the Halloween films. Right. Uh, Friday has quite a bit. Carrie's gore is too over the top to feel gory. Yeah. Like no. the pig blood and it's it's not like too violent. No. That mostly the it's emotional. It's emotional horror for me. Yeah, yeah. When when I saw the gym teacher get like smacked by that object from the mm-hmm. ceiling, it was really upsetting. When I saw the two male teachers get electrocuted, it was really upsetting. You know what I mean? Like when I when I when I when I saw um, Susan trying to get back in and the door like not letting her, it was yeah. really upsetting. But it wasn't like violent like gory and excruciatingly violent it was mm-hmm. just upsetting yeah i'm i'm more um watching as i have a thing with i have a thing with uh mrs jardin slash miss collins being she has a different name in the book mrs jardin yeah miss uh she's mrs collins in the movie yeah miss collins in the movie mrs jardin's in the remake and in the book because um, jardin's is a hard word yeah it's it's too uh too french i guess yeah, you can't expect white people to pronounce something like that yeah i might even be saying it wrong i have no idea um <laughs> So <laughs> we can say Beethoven and Magellan, but does Jardins? No, absolutely not. That's that's where I draw the line. Mm-hmm. If they're um, not a colonizer, we can't say their last name. <laughs> but she's like she's a hard character for me because yeah. on one hand I love her because she seems to really genuinely care about Carrie. Yeah, especially in the uh, I feel like in the remake I remember her like me making a note um, that she was kinder to Carrie in the remake. In the book, I haven't finished it. Michael says that in the book she's like much more uncaring yeah like the if you if you had to like compare them book very uncaring movie like the original movie um caring enough i guess yeah um and then the remake you know more human or whatever i feel like the third the the, the, i keep saying the third the remake um was more of like trying to give the characters individually um humanity Mm mm-hmm um, so I'm eager for you to watch it and report back. Yeah. Um, because even Chris gets some, like, we get to see more of her, of why she is the is way she, she is. And she is from money in the remake. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's that her, her father is a, it's a big deal. He invented toaster strudel or something like. Good for, I moment. love toaster strudels. Yeah. Good Thank for you, him. dad. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a very, uh, interesting series. So for those of you who are, have not watched it, I don't. Is Carrie streaming? You would know you um, Carrie is only streaming with special subscriptions. Like, I, I could have watched it on Hulu if I had Showtime as well. So, um, I watched it illegally today. And the remake is also on the same website I watched it illegally on. Work. Work. So, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to tell you that you should watch the film illegally, but... But if um, you wanted to say, yes, movies... Dot T.O., you could. Yes, you could. Uh, we wouldn't, because we're upstanding citizens, of course, and, and as are you. But if you if you uh, 
you know, know somebody who's not an upstanding yeah. citizen. Of course, I just talked about how yes, I'm not movies. actually a radical, so I would never steal anything. Yeah. I wouldn't download a car. Would you, you download, would a car? download a car? would not download a car. Oh, I can't wait to tell you about the intro for, for Really Queer. This is a whole other... Um, so yeah, uh, Really Queer is coming back, by the way, y'all. Um, as I wrap things up, I'm going to... Um, and sign off. I'm just going to remind you all that this originally started um, as a movie night, and I'm eager to bring it back. Um, and I've been pitching it to uh, a few different places, and one of them is Play, where Gilda works. So I've been working on a lot of really cool things, as you all might have seen on my Instagram. This will post weeks after, um, but if you saw the, um, the photo shoot we did at The Haunt, we also filmed a new intro, which I'm really excited to put together. Um, and we're building a new set, and it's super cute. Pussy. Um, very that. I'm very excited. Um, I have to take you in the studio after. I'm so excited. Um, the studio. It's my garage, and it's 102 uh, Baby, that's a studio. My studio is my basement. Like, uh, studio. Does it, does, it have, does it have working AC? Yes. My Bougie. bedroom doesn't, though, because my bedroom is where the studio used to be. Gotcha. My bedroom does not have AC anymore. I'm thinking about bringing it in uh, to the uh, combining the uh, uh, the beautiful, really queer uh, podcast studio uh, that is definitely not a random back room in my house um, with a mattress in it. With a mattress in it, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely not that. This would be called a guest room if you were Airbnb-ing it. Yeah, it's a this guest is room. this is actually technically the guest room slash becoming the drag room as it invades every spa- space in our house yeah. and our living room and our projector room and our game room and where the cat shit. So. Yeah, I'm grateful that the cat is uh, on the story above where my drag is, so I don't have to smell her on my drag. Yeah, that, there's a lot of curious by Britney Spears sprayed on my drag. Oh the, uh, yes, baby. Uh huh. Get that Bath and Body Works body spray. Spritz, spritz, bitch. Oh my god. You know what I would kill for right now? What? I've been thinking about this all week. Love spell. Do you remember love spell? Yes, I do. That was like the one of my ex girlfriends wore love spell. Yeah. Experience like. I'm I'm a gross drag queen because um. Because I'm witchy, and also I don't love deodorant, so I only really wear deodorant when I'm working, mm-hmm. and I usually just wear, like, essential oil perfumes, or solid perfumes, or things that I've, like, blended in and changed myself. Yeah. So, like, I don't, like, I smell good, but, like, I'm not somebody who, like, every interview is wafting a nice scent, so by the end of the night, like, I'm sweaty and gross, and, like, I like that. I'm like, yeah, you're next to me, and I've worked really hard, and you can smell the hormones on me. That's fierce. I'm a, I'm, I'm a... a... Uh, allergic to almost everything oh yeah um so but i also i have uh she's been sneezing the whole time i had to cut it out because she's allergic to my bullshit (laughs) i have like i'm I'm allergic to everything i have uh skin problems with makeup and oh that sucks very that i have to use dermablend for my foundation but you know what i stand by it dermablend's a good foundation yes i never sweat through it um yeah you look good thank you yeah um but yeah i i I typically uh if i don't wear a strong mm-hmm. deodorant i smell like i'm like a like a, a gendered thing a you gendered smell like a gendered thing, thing. yeah i was like how do you how do you say no i get it but g- gender is a contract but also that contract has real implications yeah absolutely. and so you Thank can you. say you smell like a man and it's evocative smell, a specific thing yes i smell i smell very uh, power strong powerful yeah. i smell do you know what i think it's funny about gender and smell hmm? okay so i've been told my whole life that vaginas smell fishy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a person who has sex with people with vaginas. Do you know what has never smelled fishy once to me? A vagina. A vagina. Do you know what has often smelled fishy to me? My own testicles. Tea. So, like, what is that about? It all smells so bad. Yeah, after, like, uh, okay, okay. 
do my balls smell fishy after having sex and then not showering? Yes. yes. Does the vagina I had sex with ever smell fishy? No, it's my balls. Like, what, what man had sex, smelled his balls, and was like, ooh, vaginas are fishy? No, it's your balls, bro. It's your balls. Wash your balls. Moisturize your balls. Yes. Moisturize your... I don't care if they are masculine or feminine balls or a masculine or feminine penis. Wash it and moisturize it, baby. Treat it like it's sweet and lovely. Yeah. Deadass. Because they... I've seen... I've seen uh, back in the days when I... um, I'm not a... I'm not a gay who knows about taking care of themselves particularly. Like, I don't have like a skincare regimen that's like fierce and out of this world. No one's going to ask me what's your skincare routine uh, nobody's gonna do that and if you do i'm gonna i know that you're i know that you're picking on me sydney what's your skincare routine <laughs> <laughs> it's so like i'm a person who wash it i have to get this stuff called cerave or cerave oh it's so good i love it now. yeah i use the face wash and the moisturizer i uh the bar soap i use for like your body too just my body um and it's it's carry don't wash game. your face with bar soap well i don't i don't do my i don't do my face I'm just that would be that would be um that would be me, like, four years ago, though. Yeah. Like, fully. Except back then, I was using uh, uh, Irish Spring. Oh, Irish Spring. Because it stripped the oils off my body, and I thought that was kind of... I thought that was kind of... Clean, right. Yeah. Yep. So, anyway, girls, um, this episode is sponsored by um, uh, CeraVe um, and uh, Essential Oils. It's sponsored by CeraVe and Therapy. Love that. But who? who which what, Who's Therapy? Well, you're using CeraVe, and I'm the one who's talked about my self-growth and learning. I, I am in therapy to confront all of the ugly p- pieces about myself, and there's plenty there. To Hard to at. believe, but I'm glad that you're on a on this journey of self-discovery. You yeah. seem like really, really cool people. Thank you. I really I'm appreciate glad that. that. I'm glad that I uh, finagled this podcast episode out of you so that we could become uh, good Judies. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, where can the audience uh, where can the audience find the, find the account? Yes. Um, wait, which one, though? Do you want the alt one or do you want the regular one? Um, friends, you can find me at Play Louisville almost every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday here in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. On Sundays, I'm now hosting double feature Sundays, which includes Queerdo, Not Your Mama's Drag Show, at 9 and 11. And prior to that, we have early events, including in August, Really Queer, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Gildawabbit, G-I-L-D-A-W-A-B-B-I-T. You can buy my merch at www.gildawabbit.com. Um, you can find me on Camp Wanakiki Season 3, premiering June 24th on YouTube. And if you subscribe to their YouTube with like a special YouTube Plus thing for like $5, yeah. you can watch every episode early, which is cool. You can also find me on Patreon at Gildawabbit, which is great. Um and I only had a Patreon. I do have a Patreon. Yes, it's it's been growing. I I did a tarot reading about it last year, and they were like, "You should start it. It's gonna be good." And about six months from now, you're gonna learn that you need to do something different with it. And it's been about six months, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, I need to like change this up, um, to make it more. I want it to be more valuable. I mean, the people who are subscribing right now like love me and and are contributing to my work, and that's great. But like, yeah. I want to like provide them something more or something different. I'm trying to find the thing that like fits into my schedule and like is also valuable. Um, so please find me there. And, um, if you want to find my nudes and my mini vids and my just for fans, all you have to do is ask me. Um, and I won't put it here cause my mom might listen to this podcast and be like, Oh, she's a witch and she has sex work <laughs> on the internet. Um, but it does exist. Yeah. I'll be in your DMs later. Yes. Just curious. Absolutely. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, you can find Really Queer at Really Queer. Uh, there is a website coming as soon as I figure out how to use technology. You guys know I'm not good at it. I am um, really good at Squarespace. I started with Wix. Work. Okay, I don't have experience with Wix. Uh, I don't have experience with anything, so no. I might just switch over to Squarespace because I haven't paid for anything yet. Great. I'll show you my website later. Stunning. Yeah. Um, and you can find me, Sydney Hampton, at the Sydney Hampton on everything. But yeah, I'll leave you all with this. Watch Carrie. Uh, read the book. Watch the remake. And whenever you rewatch the remake, um, enjoy it, damn it, because it's actually a really good film. And I'm sure I will talk about it one day. Sick. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it with you. I'll watch yes. it. We'll, I was we'll, actually going to bring it up anyway. So, yeah, we'll yeah. do it. So we will be doing uh, Carrie the remake. Um, I might release them back to back. Should Who we knows? do Suspiria and Suspiria the remake next? I've never seen Suspiria. Oh, it and the remake. The, the original is wild 70s, like, timepiece. And I can talk about the technology and how they made it all day long. And the remake is brilliant. Fierce. I did see a little bit of the remake, but I think it was, um, I think I saw, like, weird contortions. And I was like, Ugh. Oh, you don't like body horror. You would struggle. Because my boyfriend, Tyler, loved the original with me. And then they could not watch the remake with me because it was too much. I will force myself through almost anything that doesn't have sexual violence. And even sexual violence, I am trying to get through it. Yeah. But just, I, I feel like I, I feel like I need to tackle some demons, and I feel like horror is going to be the way that I tackle those demons. A story about witches who run a dance company in Germany is deeply queer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Have you seen um, The Woods? No, I've never heard of it. It's garbage, and um, I will talk to you about it. Uh, I will talk to you about it. Um, off the air? Off the air. Because we're still talking. <laughs> Thank you again, everybody. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Coming for you, Bob.